0: On this prequel episode, we've got our Fried Green Tomatoes fan poll follow-up. We're learning about Chris Van Allsburg and previewing Jumanji. Hello and welcome back to This Film is Lit, a podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. It's a prequel episode. We're talking about Jumanji in just a little bit. But before we get to that, we've got a few things to take care of, including... As always, our Academy Award-winning patron shout-outs. And they are Winchester's Never Die, Kelly Napier, Grey High Tower, Eli Young's Gratch, just Gratch. Shelby says Black Lives and Trans Lives Matter. Harry Styles looks good in a dress. And Alina Delet Thank you all very much. We appreciate you. Uh for supporting us. Uh and yeah. No new patrons this week, so we just had our Academy Award winners. Katie, we had some feedback. Some people had Mm -hmm. some things to say about fried green tomatoes. Let's go ahead and talk about it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your
0: opinion, man.
1: We got a a little bit of feedback. Mm -hmm. I didn't anticipate we would get a ton of feedback for this one.
0: I thought we would get more based on how many people commented going into it. I felt That's like we got fair. more yeah. like people talking about how they were excited. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we some... we
1: did get a, quite a few people saying that they were excited about it, that they liked the movie, who did not come back to do our come fan on follow ups. together. Nonetheless, we do have a couple a couple of uh, comments and things on Facebook. We had a grand total of one vote. It was for the movie.
0: Polls buried.
1: I don't know. I might just stop counting votes on Facebook because it doesn't seem to work. Maybe I'll just ask people for their input.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And we did have a comment from Anthony who said, I've never read the book, but I love this movie and watch it about once a year. It's one of my Hangout movies, as Quentin Tarantino calls them. As a Canadian, I usually have zero draw to these American nostalgia period films. However, Fried Green Tomatoes just does something for me, I think ultimately due to the characters and performances. One thing I think you missed is that they imply that the sheriff isn't in the clan after all. He later responds to Igy that he doesn't have a size 14 shoe and doesn't care much for parades or pageantry. I guess I missed that part in the movie. <sighs>
0: See, I thought I remember some reference to him not. That's why I was confused about him, whether or not he Mm -hmm. was. Well, that and the other group being there. But I I don't remember that specific line. But I thought there was something else that made me think that maybe he wasn't in the clan, potentially. I don't know. Um,
1: know. That's definitely not in the book. So make of that what you will. Um, Anthony went on to say, it makes him a little more ick as he is still super racist, but one of the good ones. Ew. Also, after your episode, I really noticed the gay subtext.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it's subtext, <laughs> but sure.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think it depends on what you're looking for, yeah, which right. was something after the episode that I kind of wished we had talked about. Like, If you go into the movie hoping that they're going to like explicitly label the relationship mm-hmm. or that you're going to see more like definite romantic physical contact Mm -hmm. you're going to be disappointed yeah but it is very very gay or very queer Mm -hmm. um and we do get to watch their whole entire relationship which we don't really get in the book yeah so Um, Anthony also said, My only headcanon to the Edgy reveal at the end is that after Ruth died, Edgy just settled down slash gave up after Buddy Jr. grew up. She had her son when she was 40, so it'd be after Buddy Jr. would have gone on with his own life. Still, it was a bad decision to include the ninny backstory and the surprise twist. Yeah. Over on Twitter, we had six votes. All of them were for the movie. There you go. I didn't anticipate that a ton of people would have read this book. No. It was one of the things. And we had some feedback from at Gray Hightower, who is our Academy Award-winning patron who requested yeah, request this, this. film-slash-movie, film-slash-book. And Gray said, I'm going with the movie this time. The book is great, but there's so much happening. The movie has no less than four powerhouse performances amongst great casting, and is just so fun to watch. Here at the end of 2020, it is nice to just watch a smaller, more fleshed-out story. Growing up as a queer person in Alabama, this piece of work was really important to me. It was really hard as a kid to find queer media that spoke to me that wasn't a dramatic or flamboyant gay hairdresser. I learned that part of queer history is to read into subtext in all media that I consumed, to figure out if something was meant for me or if it was queer baiting. I chose the movie specifically because of the subtext. They never outright state that either of them are queer because you couldn't f- be fully out in that area at that time. It is still like that in a lot of places. But there is so much there for a queer person. The B scene alone is a full-blown sex scene if you know how to look at it. Even if it is just blanket subtext, it was enough to make me feel safe in reading their relationship as how it made sense to me. Queer people have immense pressure to be what people would consider normal. No matter how flamboyant, tomboy, etc. someone is, there is a pressure to be just like everyone else. That is why most people in the South just ignore signs or even pretend their children are not gay. This can have a strange effect on people. I know some extremely gay men that feel pressure to the point where they will marry a woman, have children, and be in the closet their whole lives. It would make total sense to me that Iggy, even as a staunch lesbian, could get married and have a child. If there had ever been a part of the movie where she had come out to someone, there might have been an argument, but she never appeared in any scene to accept that in herself." So I could argue that Iggy in the movie could change to Nini, totally decide to have a quote normal life and be like everyone else because she discovered that was the only way she could ever be truly comfortable. Queer people are outside the spectrum and will never be comfortable like straight people because the world is built for them. That is why we have to fight for things like marriage, equality, rights, and all the other things. Sometimes you get tired of fighting that fight, especially when you're in a place where no one likes you, no resources, and no hope. After a relationship like the one she had with Ruth, she could have very well lost the will to be who she truly was. That is my argument for why Edgy could be Ninny.
0: That's fair.
1: Yeah. I think that's an important perspective. Yeah,
0: for sure. Definitely. I, I would still, add, I think the, the only point, the point we were making when we were discussing how we didn't think that change made a lot of sense for her character is that it felt, at least to me, watching the movie, mm-hmm. that her, I never got the feeling from her character that she struggled with who, at least from what was depicted in the movie. And obviously, they're not showing you every moment right. of her life, but I didn't get the feeling from the way her character is portrayed in the movie that she was particularly conflicted about herself or or, mm-hmm. or and, and or that she felt the need to like or that she would feel the need again it, you know people change and and there's perfectly reasonable that you know right. eventually maybe she did just decide you know she did feel that it would just be easier or um kind of have that you know that change yeah. of, of 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 um in her personality, but the vibe of, of of Edgy that we get in the movie to me feels very much like she wouldn't need feel the need to conform in any way, or that 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 wouldn't right. be something to her that was important. Even though for that is clearly a thing that lots of people deal with in, in lots of different ways, and it's totally uh, I, that that perspective is super important, and I appreciate them saying that. I just feel like maybe in essence, I don't know if it applies to well. Her as much.
1: I, I think it it is an important reading. Of the character and the story. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a valid reading of it. I I do agree with you that it does seem a little bit at odds with how we see her character presented in the bulk of the movie. But I also think, to be fair, we don't see anything after Ruth dies. And that could be a turning point. Yeah,
0: that's absolutely fair. I I, I agree with that. that. Yes, that absolutely could be a turning point that kind of affects how and like and that's something that uh, great touched on there about how after Iggy died that could have kind of been a turning point and i and that that i would agree with because we don't see anything thank you everybody for all your feedback we appreciate it lots of good stuff there let's go ahead we've got a learning things segment we're learning about the author chris van alsberg no matter
1: what anybody tells you words and ideas can change the world So, Chris Van Allsburg, whose last name, my phone, will not stop trying to autocorrect to Allspice. (laughs) It's very seasonal. We didn't know this was going to get so seasonal. (laughs) Uh, But he is an American illustrator and author of children's books. Uh, He's the author slash illustrator of this week's book, Jumanji, but he's probably best known for the polar express
0: oh i did not had no idea that was the same
1: i actually didn't either um i read polar express growing up like we had it but i never like made the connection um and that but i I mean that's probably his best known work i would think is the polar express yeah Uh, he has won two caldecott medals for picture book illustration, um, one for Jumanji and one for the Polar Express, uh, Caldecott we've mentioned before is, um, it's like the Newbery medal of yeah. illustration. It's, yeah. it's a big deal to mm-hmm. win a Caldecott. Uh, he was also the Caldecott runner up um for the garden of Abdul Ghazazi I guess is how you would say that. I meant to look it up and I forgot. Um, So he got the Caldecott Honor Medal for that, which is what you get if you don't win, like, the big prize.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, For his contribution as a children's illustrator um, in 1986, he was also... Um, the U.S. nominee for the International Hans Christian Andersen Award, which is the highest international recognition for creators of children's books. Uh, He's also been awarded the Regina Medal, which is a literary award given by the Catholic Library Association for lifetime achievement in children's literature. Um, I found a lot of stuff about him uh he's given a lot of interviews and things so there was a lot of good information out there um, one thing that i have to mention is that one of his favorite childhood books he said was Harold and the purple crayon by crockett johnson and i have to mention that because that was also one of my favorite childhood books
0: i don't know if i've i mean it's not the name rings a bell but i don't yeah. remember if i've ever read it or not
1: i think i might have it out there i'm almost certain i do you can look at it and tell okay. me if it looks from... You'll recognize it right away if you read yeah. it as a kid. I and mean, I'm sure I did. The I illustrations a are very distinct. A kid, but. Uh, so according to a few different biography sources that I found, when Van Alsberg Van interviewed with an admissions officer for college, they were hesitant to admit him to the art program because he hadn't taken art classes in high school. Of that meeting, Van Alsberg has said, I don't know exactly why... There's a point in a teenager's life sometimes when the temptation of pulling the wool over an adult's eyes is irresistible. And I rose to the challenge and said to him, well, it's not on my transcript because I study privately on the weekends. He said, oh, that's impressive. We talked for a while and he was finally willing to admit me into the art school.
0: There you go. Fake it till you make it. (laughs)
1: So Van Allsburg attended the College of Architecture and Design at the University of Michigan. Uh, he majored in sculpture, learned bronze casting, wood carving, resin molding, other stuff, um, graduated in 1972, and then continued his education at the Rhode Island School of Design, eventually graduating with a master's degree in sculpture, after which he set up a sculpture studio. Um, however, he struggled with sculpture just didn't really click for him Um, and he had begun a series of sketches that his wife lisa thought would be suitable for children's books she showed his work to an editor who ended up contracting his first book the garden of abdul Ghazazi, in 1979 Uh, so van alsberg has written and or illustrated about 20 books His art has also been featured on the covers of the 1994 HarperCollins edition of C.S. Lewis's series, The Chronicles of Narnia, which are the editions that I grew up with slash currently own. Um, In addition to having credits for the film adaptations of his own books, uh, Jumanji, Zathura, polar express and both recent jumanji films van Alsberg also worked as a visual development artist for disney's the little mermaid in 1989 all of van alzburg's books include a sort of easter egg an illustration of a white bull terrier named fritz who first appeared in his first book Uh, He used his brother-in-law's dog, Winston, as the model for Fritz and has said, I thought of Winston as a kind of nephew. Sadly, Winston had an accident that sent him to the big dog kennel in the sky at a young age. I decided to commemorate the contribution he made to my first book by including him in all of my books. So if you're reading a Chris Van Allsburg book, Look you can be on the lookout Winston. for Winston or uh, Fritz. Is oh, the sorry. Yeah. Fritz is the uh, fictional right. dog's right. name. Um, Fritz the White Bull Terrier. Um, and I wanted to end with this quote that I just really liked, which was his response to the eternal author question, where do you get your ideas? Um, and he said, ideas for stories are all around. But those ideas are just starting points. The kind of story a writer ends up telling, such as a scary story, a funny story, a sad story, or an exciting story, is not the result of the little idea that starts the writer thinking. The kind of story a writer ends up telling is the result of the kind of person that writer is. Which I just thought was like a really lovely Uh little perspective. Yes,
0: absolutely. All right, it's time to do a preview of Jumanji, the book. I'm glad you decided to buy this place.
1: I'm sure that you and your kids will be very happy here. Every house has secrets.
0: Everybody in town thinks the place is haunted.
1: But what happened in this house... Little Alan Parrish. He just vanished about
0: uh, 25 years ago.
1: ...is a mystery that began a long time ago when Alan Parrish was just a young boy who made an incredible discovery. Jumanji. You want to play? Jumanji is a 1981 fantasy children's picture book written and illustrated by Chris Van Allsburg, who we just learned about. It was his second book. Uh, The book is about a magical board game that conjures up animals and other jungle elements as the game is played in real life. Um, It was adopted into a 1995 film, which we'll be talking about, and also spawned a franchise that included three sequels and an animated television series. A sequel to Jumanji, um, titled Zathura, was released in 2002. Uh, The word Jumanji comes from the Zulu language and roughly translates to many effects. Of coming up with the idea for Jumanji, Van Alsberg has said, I was interested in what I refer to as a kind of cognitive dissonance, disparate things juxtaposed. And in the case of Jumanji, it's the very comforting and secure idea of these domestic interiors. But there's something that doesn't belong there, which is namely a python or a group of wild monkeys. And I loved the idea of the wild jungle inside the safety of the house or what we associate with the safety of the house. He's also said that he was inspired by his recollection of vague disappointment in playing board games as a child, which I kind of love. In addition to the Caldecott Medal, Jumanji has also been named the School Library Journal Best Book of the Year, an ALA Notable Children's Book, a Reading Rainbow Review Book, and a New York Times Best Illustrated Children's Booklist Editor's Choice. Um, And then I wanted to end with this quote from Van Alsberg's Caldecott Acceptance Speech for Jumanji. When I see a child clutching a book, especially my book— i moved. Children can possess a book in a way that they can never possess a video game, a TV show, or a Darth Vader doll. A book comes alive when they read it. They give it life themselves by understanding it.
0: All right. Let's go ahead and preview Jumanji, the film.
1: Alan, look. In the jungle, you must wait until the dice read five or eight. Twenty-six years later, Peter and Judy Shepard are about to play the same game and make an incredible discovery
0: of their own.
1: Are you Alan Parrish?
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh everyone thought you were dead jumanji is a 1995 film directed by joe johnson also known for captain america the first avenger hidalgo rocketeer and october sky it was written by jonathan hensley uh, who wrote armageddon the punisher and die hard three and a handful of other writers including chris van alsberg who has a screenplay credit the film stars robin williams jonathan hyde kirsten dunst bradley pierce Uh, Who plays the child in this, Uh, the 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 younger brother? Mm -hmm. And I did not realize is also Chip in Beauty and the Beast.
1: Huh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, And Bonnie Hunt, Uh, he hasn't been in that. that Bradley Pierce hasn't been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, Uh, he's still working a little bit, but not much. um, You know, compared to like Kirsten Dunst and you know Bonnie Hunt and other people, Jonathan Hyde even. Um, But yeah, Chip in Beauty and the Beast. I was like, oh, interesting. Uh, The film has a 55% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 39% on Metacritic, which I found fascinating. The Rotten Tomatoes critical consensus consensus is, quote, a feast for the eyes with a somewhat malnourished plot. Jumanji is an underachieving adventure that still offers a decent amount of fun for the whole family. Uh, Roger Ebert, and this is wild. Sometimes I think Roger Ebert didn't understand any. I I think sometimes (laughs) I'm like, is this guy, was he just an idiot? (laughs) Roger Ebert rated the film 1.5 out of 4 stars Uh, and I will say I don't think this that Jumanji is like an incredible movie like it's not I don't Mm -hmm. think I would give it you know it's 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 not even in my top 10 like kids movies probably but it's it's a good it's a good movie for my it's been a while since I've seen it but Roger Ebert rated it 1.5 out of 4 stars criticizing its reliance on special effects to convey its story which he felt was lacking He questioned the decision to give the film a PG rating rather than PG-13 as he felt that young children would be traumatized by much of the film's imagery. He said of it that the film is about as appropriate for smaller children as, say, Jaws. He specifically cited Peter's monkey transformation as making him, quote, look like a wolfman with a hairy snout and wicked jaws, end quote, that were likely to scare children.
1: Is this one of those movies that's like remembered far more
0: fondly? Well, that's sure. Yeah, I th- I think well, yeah. I think that's partially true is that, you know, cuz like I grew up watching it. So I'm like mm-hmm. yes, it, it, but
1: Cuz I never saw this movie as a kid. I think my mom assumed probably correctly that it would scare me cuz there were like giant spiders that's and stuff. That's the
0: only scene to me that's like And that's just because I didn't like spiders, but I saw this movie when I was pretty, like when it came out, when I saw it, I was probably eight or nine when I saw this. And it's not that scary of, there are, there are, there are scary-ish moments, but to me they're well within the range of like, yes, an eight or nine year old, yeah, they might be spooked by it, but like, it's fine. Like, like it's they okay, can like it. they can handle <laughs> it. And the the fact that he says that about Peter's monkey transformation is such a strange... That was not a scary thing, part of the movie to me. That when he turns into a monkey, he just kind of looks like a silly... like Yeah, he kind of looks like a werewolf or a monkey or something, but like... I don't know why they would find that particularly disturbing. Maybe,
1: maybe Roger Ebert was scared by it.
0: Maybe. It's so strange. And it's, it's it's like it's also it's okay for kids to be a little scared sometime and this movie to me from my memory falls into the range of like acceptable scary for kids. <laughs> but I, I could be, I don't know. If you disagree feel free to, to, to let us know. But I, to me it seems perfectly reasonable amount of scary for a child. Um yeah, like I said, I didn't like the spider scenes. It's, that was just because I didn't like spiders. But mm-hmm. they don't even look; they're like big, like robots. But you can tell that they're fake. I don't know. I didn't think anything in this movie was that scary. Uh, so the movie opened at number one at the box office, despite you know mixed to negative critical reviews, uh, and eventually it would go on to gross two hundred sixty-two million dollars worldwide against a budget of just sixty-five million. I say just $65 It's a rather large budget for mm-hmm. a movie back then, but made much more than that. Uh, Van Aldsberg wrote one of the screenplay's drafts, which he described as, quote, sort of trying to imbue the story with a quality of mystery and surrealism. Uh, he added that the studio nearly abandoned the project if it weren't for his film treatment, uh, which earned him a story credit, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, given that it added material that was not from the book. So some of the added material in the movie was actually Van Allsburg's edition. Hmm. Interesting. I, I don't I couldn't find any specifics on what those things he added were. There may be an interview or something out there. Yeah. But I don't know how you would find out for sure. Uh so TriStar, uh who who produced the film, agreed to finance it on the condition that Rob Robin Williams would play the lead role. However, Robin Williams turned it down based on the first uh, draft of the script that he read, and it was only it wasn't until Joe Johnston and then a whole trio of a whole gang of screenwriters, uh, Jonathan Hensley, who I mentioned earlier, Greg Taylor, and Jim Strain, undertook extensive rewrites that Williams uh, finally accepted the role. ILM developed two, near, two new software programs specifically for this film. One of them was called iSculpt, which allowed uh, the illustrators to create like realistic facial expressions on the animals, and another that created realistic digital hair for some of the animals. It was used on the monkeys and the lion.
1: That is always the thing, isn't it? Hair. Yeah, hair is very tough. I don't know anything about how to do this, but I always hear like hair is like the yeah, hard it's, thing.
0: There's lot, I mean, there are lots of hard things, but yeah, hair is a tough one because it... You know it moves in a very mm-hmm. specific way, mm-hmm. uh, and it can be very tough to render. And and there are other things similar to that, but yeah, hair can be very tough. Uh, so Bradley Pierce, who uh, who we mentioned earlier, who plays Peter, the younger brother, who does turn into a a monkey, part of the way part of the way through the film, he underwent three and a half hours of makeup uh, every day for two and a half months to film the scenes where he is a monkey.
1: He was howled.
0: Uh, uh, <sighs> I, I will actually get to that here in a second. Okay. In 2011, Robin Williams recorded an audiobook version of Jumanji for the 30th edition, uh, for the release of the 30th edition, 30th anniversary edition of the book. Mm -hmm. So there's an audio version with Robin Williams narrating. Uh, A screen-used Jumanji board, so a prop from the movie, uh, you know, the actual board Mm -hmm. game from the movie, sold in 2014 for $60,000. It is one of my favorite props from one of my like a childhood movie mm-hmm. it's so cool the board game in the movie and if you ever bought jumanji uh like like the the store version of it it's always so disappointing compared <laughs> to the version in the movie uh scarlett johansson uh apparently auditioned for the role of judy Shepard, which hmm. uh, ultimately went to kirsten dunst uh speaking of kirsten dunst she plays bradley pierce's older sister you just asked about how old he was in this movie uh, their characters in the movie are twelve and eight respectively. Kirsten Dunst is twelve, is supposed to be twelve, and Bradley Pierce is supposed to be eight. But uh, and in the film, she looks noti- you know noticeably older. She's quite uh, quite a bit taller than him. However, in real life, Kirsten Dunst was thirteen at the time. She was only six months older than Bradley Pierce, so he was. 12, mm-hmm. 13. So they were only six months apart, but they're playing four years apart. And this is one of the things. Puberty's we talk-
1: wild. Yeah, it's one of the things we <laughs> talked about in Fried
0: Green Tomatoes how girls tend to hit yeah. puberty a little bit earlier and, and make that transition a little bit faster. Um, And so, yeah, they could play four years apart because they, they don't look the yeah. same age in the movie, from my memory. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, if you think back, there, you there is that time right around fourth through sixth grade where it's like you can be the same age but look multiple years apart yeah
0: and finally i thought this is interesting and now this when it says so this this is a list of actors who were considered for the role of alan Parrish, which is the role that uh robin williams plays okay Um, now when it says considered, that could mean anything from was offered to the role versus somebody threw the name out there in a production meeting. So who knows how thoroughly any of these people were actually considered, but supposedly all of these people were considered, and I just thought it was interesting. They are Tom Hanks, which makes sense.
1: Um, Yeah, that makes sense. Time
0: period makes sense. Also, that kind of role makes sense, like kind of a fun, but goofy person. Yeah, fun,
1: like, nice guy. Nice
0: guy who can play goofy, but yeah. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, similar kind of mm-hmm. thing, makes sense. Chevy Chase, a little less, mm. but I can still see it. The, uh, Kevin Costner, he doesn't do comedy as much, but you can still, he could still pull it off, for sure. Uh, Sean Connery, so where we're starting to get a little strange here. Maybe a little bit. Sean Connery, I don't see in this role, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Harrison Ford makes mm. literally almost no sense to me. Mel Gibson, very little sense. He's done more comedy recently and I guess he did back in the day, but I don't know. Something about Mel Gibson in this role was very strange to me. Michael Keaton actually would make a lot of sense. I don't know about at the time, but to me now <laughs> he would play he would make a lot of sense in this role. Bill Paxton maybe. Bruce Willis is the worst like possible no. worst <laughs> possible option I can imagine. Uh and then the final one was Arnold Schwarzenegger, which it's a whole different character if Arnold Schwarzenegger's playing it, but yeah. I think it would maybe work in a different way.
1: You know, I wonder, at the inclusion of names like Harrison Ford, Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I wonder if there at any point was a version of this character that was more like an Indiana Jones kind oh, of adventurer. Yeah, more like type.
0: a yeah, like he comes back. Well, cuz there is that part, you know, he comes back and he he's he's survived and he's, like yeah, he's capable. Yeah, he's been
1: living in the game Yeah. For...
0: And I guess maybe that's what they're going for, but I don't know. I think yeah.
1: But I think what they ended up with makes more sense, especially given the like juxtaposition with the the hunter character. Yeah, the hunter
0: father character. Yeah, yeah having somebody who's not like yeah. a dashing like adventure <laughs> action movie star. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it would be weird. I, the irony of calling Robin Williams, not swashbuckling when he, or, you know, literally played Peter Pan. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, that was all uh, that I had about the movie. Oh, uh, well, we've got a few places you can watch it. As always, check your local library or if you have a local video rental store, go check with them. You can rent it through Amazon Prime or Vudu for two ninety nine, or through YouTube, iTunes or Google Play for $3.99. Uh, it doesn't seem uh, that it is available. To yeah, it doesn't anywhere.
1: seem to be streaming anywhere. Or like At least not included that, in the streaming. Circuit. Like nothing came up when I yeah. looked it up, so. There you go. Although there were a lot of people asking in various locations desperate to find out if it was on netflix but it appears that it is not
0: no it's also one of those movies if you do have cable yeah it shows yeah, up a lot you could up. probably record it on and and you're not going to like you know get a weird edited version because it is a pg-rated mm-hmm. movie um so yeah I, I think if you did have cable or, or satellite or something and you have yeah. a dvr
1: especially around this time yeah, of yeah, the year, it plays it, more it around plays around on tv the
0: holidays which it did. I didn't mention it, but it did originally come out. It was like a Christmas release. It came out December fifteenth. Yeah. But it,
1: there's it is Christmas. Like at the end of at the, the end movie, of the movie, yeah,
0: yeah. At the very end, it yeah. is Christmas. So it, yeah, and we mentioned that in the last episode or whatever. I, again, it's not a Christmas movie, but it did come but out a, around. Christmas.
1: But a Christmas scene. There is, is a Christmas often scene.
0: enough. Sometimes that's enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, check out uh, your cable or satellite or whatever. You can probably find it. And record it. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for this prequel episode. Uh, we'll be back in one week's time to discuss Jumanji. It's been a while since I watched it.
1: Yeah, me too. At
0: least in its entirety. Every now and then, I because yeah, it's yeah, on every cable now and then often, we catch
1: like part of it. We'll
0: see like five minutes. As I'll see it's on, I'll turn it on for five or ten minutes. But I haven't watched the whole movie in years. It's probably been mm-hmm. close to a decade since I watched the whole movie. But I've, I've seen I've seen it dozens of times when I was younger. Uh, definitely a movie I enjoyed quite a bit when I was uh, a kid so should be fun we'll see you then until that time guys gals non-binary everybody else keep reading books watching movies
1: and keep keep being awesome.
0: awesome